Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really pumped about this one. The Combine just came to a close today, and I figured who better to break down what just happened over these last four days than Kent Lee Platty. He's the creator of the RAS system. He's going to tell us all about it. Kent, how are we doing today? Fantastic, man. Glad to be on. I'm so pumped to have you. I, I've been following your work for about a year now, and you just do so much work with what these Combine scores mean, and you track them, and you, you adjust them, and everything. So I, I'm really pumped. So why don't you give us a quick oversight of what the RAS is? Sure. I created the system about five years ago. The The intention of it originally was just to try to make metrics a little bit more understandable for, for a layman, for a casual fan. You know, if somebody tells you this this player ran a 4-4-5, that doesn't mean anything in a bubble. You, you, you tell somebody who doesn't really watch football that much what a four, that the guy ran a 4-4-5, that doesn't mean anything to them. They, they don't get it. Um, so what RAS does is it puts uh, every player measurement on a zero to 10 scale compared to their position group. So if you have a guy that runs a four, four, five, that might be a seven out of 10 for his position. That might be, you know, a, a nine out of 10 if you're, it's like a defensive end or something. Uh, so it gives you that context of, of what that score means in relation to the player's position group without having to really overly explain it. You know, you don't have to go through and explain, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's okay. You know, you know, everybody understands zero to 10, right? Everybody understands where the average is on that. Everybody understands where the high point is. Um, so that was the original intention. You know, it does that for 10 combine measurements. It does it for height and weight because you have to have some kind of size uh, waiting in there to, to wait for the player's, player's actual physical size. Uh, it has the 40, the 20, and the 10-yard split, the bench, vertical and broad jump are your explosion metrics, and then the, the shuttle and the three-cone for your agility metrics. Uh, it takes all of those numbers together. We, we create an average, and then the average is compared to the average for all players at that position. And you get another zero to 10 grade, and that's the final one, which is your your overall RAS um, for the entire, it goes all the way back to 1987. So it's a, it's a huge database. Uh, some positions have, I think I think wide receiver is one that has like 1,600 players that it compares to. So it's, it's, it's not just a couple of guys here and there, and it's not just the guys that have gone to the combine. You know, this is thousands of players going back 32 years. So it's it's a nice little nice little data set and nice little, little jumping off point when you're looking at metrics. Yeah, absolutely. So when you do something like that, and you create, you said 1,600 wide receivers, that data point becomes huge, right? You're not nitpicking certain things. So does that allow you to create like what tests are most important for what positions? It gives you a good idea of it. Once you start once you start breaking down your metrics and, and you get some kind of number that you can use, you can use that to track other success metrics. So you can look at Pro Bowls and look at what do those guys have in common. Uh, the system right now, the, the app has 1,000-yard receivers, 750-yard receivers, guys who recorded at least one season of that, that yardage amount. Uh, same thing for rushing. Um, I'm going to be doing that for sack production and for, for as many metrics as I can get for success. So you can go in and just sort by that, and it'll sort the entire table, and you can look at you know who measured what, what, what was important at those, at those to get that kind of a production in the NFL to be that successful. Uh, so it helps you identify what physical metrics are important for guys that have actually found NFL success. So we're going to jump right in and kind of break down different position groups and what trait you found is most important and kind of who you thought had a good day. So if we're looking at quarterback, what historically is the most important trait from the combine that you're paying attention to? Yeah, it's funny because it, when when you're looking at actual production in the NFL, the combine doesn't really seem to mean that much when you're when you're looking at players because you have guys, of course, Tom Brady's the one everybody goes goes back to. You know, he looked like a high school quarterback when he went to the combine, got drafted late, partly partly because of that teams love those things. They love those metrics. They love hearing about about quarterbacks that run fast and quarterbacks that are explosive. Uh, but I think the most important drill from 
from a, a metric standpoint for quarterbacks is probably the three cone. Uh, a, a player's ability to actually maneuver around in space translates well for a quarterback because you have to be able to move around in the in the pocket uh, to be able to, to break away from defenders. Um, I don't. I, I know that a lot of scouts have have a. a they they like the burst metrics. You know, they like your your vert and your broad jump. I haven't really seen much correlation with that yet, but I'm still I'm still diving into those numbers, so I don't want to say yes or no to that one. But I know the three cone is one that people look at a lot. So, were there any quarterbacks that you thought had you know stood out at the combine, or you were disappointed by their their measurables? You know, I was actually talking about earlier because there weren't very many players that really disappointed at this year's combine. There's a few, I'm sure we'll talk about them, but uh, from a metric standpoint, the quarterbacks didn't really have anybody that that didn't do well. Uh, Josh Allen, of course, was going to be the big the big athlete. I think he rated the highest at the combine. Combine for my RAS system. He had a great three cone. He had a six point nine three cone, which at six almost six five and two forty. That's that's a great three cone to, to be able to do. That shows some some extreme movement ability. So when, when they talk about him as an elite athlete, it's not just talking about his arm strength. Um, Kyle Lauletta was a guy that that measured really well. Also, he had great agility metrics and actually great all all the way across the board. He, he measured above average in every metric. Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't in part because of his size. Uh, of course, that was going to be the issue that everybody talked about anyway. Uh, but he had a 7.03 cone, which is very good. So you, you've already got a good metric for what you're looking at for him. So there weren't really any quarterbacks that stood out negatively at the combine from a metric standpoint. Uh, I kind of wish that we would have got Lamar Jackson just because I love me some numbers and I'm sure his numbers would have been ridiculous. Yeah, that would have been uh, a real fun one to talk about in general. Just so you could get the comparison between him and Vic and have that 40 time and have all that stuff going on. And right. the Mayfield thing makes sense and so does the Allen. If, if you're going to talk about athletic traits... Josh Allen's got all of them, and that's why people are oh, yeah. really excited. So let, let's jump right into running backs because th- this is a very athletic class. I think people were very excited oh, yeah. about last year's class, right, and said this class may be as good or better than this class. They certainly passed them athletically because last year's oh, yeah. running back class, despite having a lot of success in the NFL, weren't didn't test the best. But were there a couple guys that stood out to you and a couple guys that disappointed? Sure. I mean, of course, we're going to talk Saquon Barkley first off because he had such a ridiculous day from an athletic standpoint. Um, you know, size and speed are all there. The burst is there. You had a 41 inch vertical, which at any size would be impressive, but at 233 for a running back, that's crazy. That's craziness. Um, he had, he only had a just okay shuttle, but if you, if your worst metric is, oh, that's still well above average, then, then that's a, that's an incredible day. Um, but what kind of got drowned out about that is that Nick Chubb, you know, Nick Chubb from Georgia had had a fantastic day. One of the better days that, that we've seen in a while from running backs. Um, he ended up with a 9.43 out of 10 for Raz. So it's, it's a huge day for him. Um, I know that a lot of people had concerns about him athletically coming into the combine. So it's, it's more than just getting good numbers for him. It's, it's putting a lot of those concerns to bed. You know, people were worried about whether or not he still had any burst. Well, he had a 38.5 inch vert, which is a 9.23 out of 10. That's, that's really, really good. Uh, so I think he put a lot of those questions to bed and, and probably had one of the better days. It, 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 Saquon Barkley is going to drown it out a bit, but I think Nick Chubb, Chubb had a better day because he was expected to not do as well. That makes a lot of sense um, to me. It's 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 almost well, unfair, right? You can't say right. Chubb wasn't impressive because Barkley had like a I think he ranked what sixth all time out of your Raz yeah. system. Um, yeah, and it might have I think it went up to fifth when I when I reran it today. But yeah, it's it's well up there, and 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 there's there's so many, and there's over a thousand of the running backs in this, so it's 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 top top five or six out of a thousand. But look, I'm looking at your Chubb card, and it looks like he finished top sixty five all time. So that's a hell yeah. of a score too. And I, I meant to ask this earlier. Two two questions. One is there is there a test that you care most about with running backs? Um, if by the way, if the three cone test comes up each time, that's fine. Don't don't <laughs> don't hesitate to say it each time. But and the other thing is, and I just want to confirm this: is like the three cone weight adjusted 
or is that just a raw number? That's just a raw number, but okay. it, it is it is something you pay attention to when you're looking at it. A, a smaller player should have a better cone, uh, and when a when a bigger player does, it's much more impressive. You know, it's it, you're you're seeing somebody do uh, a feat of athleticism that is a lot harder to do when you're bigger. So it's it's not weight adjusted on my my system. That's why I keep, I have the weight and the height and weight in there that helps weight the the final score. Uh, but the score itself isn't weight adjusted now. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So was there a guy that jumped out to you that you weren't necessarily paying attention to before the combine and now you are and there's a guy that maybe you liked a little bit more and then his combine has, has you cooler on him yeah and like you said this was a really good class for running backs from an athleticism standpoint um, when you're looking at individual metrics for running back it's it's hard to really just pinpoint on one because there's so many different types of running backs you know a, a power back doesn't need to have the same traits as a scat back you know somebody that's got to make one cut and run they don't need to have the same type of traits as you know and an every down uh, back that's required to stay in pass protection and catch out of the backfield and all that stuff that's one of the things that people missed a little bit with dalvin cook and i know i'm i'm a little bit guilty of it for for how i had weighted him as, as a draft but i wasn't super high on him before the combine stuff but um i know that that helped f formalize my final opinion of him but when you have a back like him where you're making one cut and running, you know, the the vert and the, vert and the broad, they help. They, they help point out the kind of explosiveness that you have. And same thing with the agility drills, the shuttle and the cone. Uh, when Amir Abdullah came out, and of course he got drafted by the Lions, you know, that was the big sell on him as he didn't have a very good 40. Um, I think he ran a 4.6 flat. But he had such a great vert and broad and a great shuttle and cone that the idea that he could just cut and run, you know, he would create that separation the moment he takes off to kind of make up for the fact that he didn't have long speed. But if you're just that type of runner, it sometimes doesn't matter if you have that, because if you have a great 10 yard split, that shows that you can get up to speed very quickly. So if you do make your one cut, you can get up to top speed very fast and create that separation. And then if you also have a great top speed, well, then you're, you're putting distance between you and somebody else once you get that speed. Um, same thing with, with, with power runners, you tend to pay a little bit more attention to the vert and the broad. Um, you don't really care as much about the shuttle, but you do about the cone for the, the same reason as you do with quarterbacks. You're trying to create distance between yourself and other runners. Um, but I know one of the guys that really stood out to me that I, I knew very little about was Chase Edmonds out of Fordham. You know, Fordham's not a very big school. It doesn't give it a whole lot of hype. Uh, Chase Edmonds came in. He's, he's a little guy. He's 5'9 and 205 pounds. Um, but he ran really well. Uh, his vert and his broad were really good. They weren't, uh, his vert wasn't, wasn't very good. His broad was really good. But his shuttle and cone were both well above 90th percentile. I know he worked out in receiver drills as well as running back drills. The, the, they said it after, after the regular drills, they had him do some other stuff. Uh, so he's got a little bit of position versatility and he has that athleticism you, know, you hear the the quicker than fast quote that you often hear about guys that doesn't really mean anything without any context um, what they're usually referring to with that quicker than fast thing is, is somebody who has the good agility metrics but maybe not the best top speed um, so Chase Evans was a guy that stood out in that way Royce Freeman was somebody that stood out just because the expectation wasn't very high that he would measure very well he had cut weight uh, coming into the combine uh, and he re regained a little bit more of that burst that he had in his early years at Oregon and he ended up measuring out really well. I, I didn't expect him to even break average. And I think he was over eight uh, when he had his final score. Um, a guy that people expected to come in and do well that didn't uh, would be Mark Walton from Miami. There was a little bit of hype on him as a day two prospect coming in. I, I know he had an injury and missed most of the season, but he, he had a lot of people going back to his tape and saying, well, there's, there's a lot of special traits on there. Uh, but he didn't stand out anywhere. His, his highest graded metric that he had was the broad, and it was only just barely above average. Everything else that he had was either at or below average or maybe a little bit above average, but he didn't measure out well at all. Uh, I think the worst day from a running back with, with, with regards to expectations had to be a Krum Wadley from Iowa. Uh, 
it it hurt the worst. It had nothing to do with the scores, but just when he measured in with a hand size of eight and a quarter inches, you know, you got to hold on to a football as a running back and having little hands that that doesn't help you. And then he didn't really measure all that well either. Yeah, his he ran a four five four, which is just okay. Uh, but if your best metric is just okay and you have nothing else as a standout trait and you're tiny, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna do you very well as a running back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, again, Chase Edmonds is not someone I had watched prior to the combine but i made a note that i need to make sure i check him out because his scores are really good Walton was a guy on tape that i really questioned his long speed and you come in and you see four six and so i i checked that off but you're right he he's basically a very average to below average athlete and, and you're relying on his pass catching and pass blocking and you know some lateral agility stuff that i mean he, i don't think he ran the three cone right so we don't have those numbers um i think he wasn't expected to do very well in those numbers either though agility isn't really where he wins so you're absolutely right but it's just one of those things where if you you could find okay he makes a couple good cuts if let's see if some of his agility numbers match up with that i think it's really interesting that you mentioned like power backs are are a little bit different you expect them to test differently and you're looking for vertical and broad to show explosion numbers and a guy like john kelly who didn't run the 40 a lot of people were disappointed with some of the stuff he did and i i agree i wanted his three con to be better but the fact that he showed a good vertical and a good broad jump confirmed a lot of the power that i saw on tape so that that I feel like people are down on his combine. I think he ended up with a 4.11 RAS score. Yeah. But I, I think there's some signs there that, that are ex- get me excited that match the tape. So we're, let's jump over to wide receiver because some wide receivers had some days. So first, oh, yeah. what what trait stands out to you most? Like, What are you looking for if you could pick one thing out of the combine for the wide receivers? Because everybody's obsessed with the 40. Is that the thing? Or maybe it's three cone for route running. And then who do you th- who stood out to you the most and who are you disappointed with? Yeah, and it's, it's the same thing as running back, where it really depends on the type of the type of receiver that you're looking at. Um, if you can get a guy that's just overall well, well-rounded and, and good at everything, that's that's going to be ideal. You really want those guys. And, and they're not as much a unicorns as you'd think that they'd be, where you have somebody this, that's above average in everything. You, it's just a type thing. Some guys are just going to be measuring that way uh the guy that did that in this draft was dj moore um i know he had he had some people that were hyping him up as a potential first round pick prior to the combine but i feel like there's going to be a lot more hype now uh he ended up with a 9.56 out of 10 for his raz was really really good um the only number that he came in below average of was his height he was just just at, at six foot and i think the average for raz is like six and a half or something like that it's, it's barely a little bit more than that but he's very fast he ran a 442 that's that's almost 90th percentile uh he had a great broad great vert uh, good, great shuttle, and just and a, and a good enough cone that you're 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 looking at this guy like, oh god, this guy can do pretty much everything, right? And then you have somebody like Christian Kirk who didn't really have that good of a day. Um, he's known for being an, an elite route runner. He's known for for uh, running really good routes, uh, but he didn't really measure that way. Um, and it's it's similar in a way to uh, Golden Tate that he's been compared to positively before. Uh, but it was the same concept with him and uh, Theoretics, another one where where his agility drills didn't really match up to what you think you're seeing when you're watching him on tape but you know the those drills are really just how, just movement skills right you know the the shuttle generally tells you your, your start and stop your ability to, to move stop and then get back up to speed to go a different direction your change of direction skills um the cone measures that plus burst speed explosion the reason we keep mentioning cone for all of the positions is because it measures almost every athletic trait that you want 
in a player. So a, a player that gets a good three cone, that's, that's usually a good overall metric to use just if you had to, if you had to use one measurement of bubble because of that, because it measures everything, right? But DJ Moore came in and just, and just lit up the combine. He had a fantastic combine. Um, I know people are going to talk about DJ Chark, but that's that's mostly because of the great the great forty time, right? <laughs> One guy that did great that nobody really expected to do well, and in fact, most people expected him to do terribly, uh, was Alan Lazard from Iowa State. I know most people that I had talked to expected him to have the worst forty time of the day, uh, and not only did he not have the worst forty time of the day, he had a pretty decent forty time for for a guy that's almost you know six four and a half, uh, almost two hundred and thirty pounds. That that's fantastic size for a receiver. You know, we ran a four five five, which is pretty good especially at that size. Uh, then he had a, had a really great vert. He had a really good broad. He didn't run the agility drills, and I'm sure I'm sure those would have dinged him. But when you have a guy that's a jump ball specialist, you're looking for your vert and your broad, your explosion drills to see how they jump, right? You want speed when you can get it. Uh, but when you're looking for a guy that you're expecting just to go up and get passes, you really want that vert and that broad. There's some really granular stuff that you can look at in metrics with the, the splits to figure out how, how quickly a guy can separate once he's going on his vertical routes. Uh, but that's really complicated to measure, and I, I don't I don't really find much of a correlation with it. Um, again, it's you're you're looking for how athletic traits translate. So when you're looking at somebody who has you know not maybe not the greatest 20, 20 yard split, but then his forty is really good, we are like, wow, his second gear must be really good because that final stretch he just really turned on the burners. Uh, but I haven't really found much correlation with that other than it just being a good concept. Another guy that did really well, people expected him to do really well. Uh, was was Cortland Sutton. I know there were some people that had some questions about whether or not he had the athleticism to separate because there were some questions about how well he separated on, on tape. Uh, but of course, he comes in with great size. He had good speed, uh, but he came out with a, a good vert, a good broad, and then that, that great three cone. His three cone was a 6.57, which is great for a small receiver. But when you have a guy that's you know 6'3 and 218 and he runs almost a 6'5 three cone, that is fantastic movement skills right there for, for a guy that big to move that smooth in space. You know, that's that's an elite trait right there. And I think as, as much as people are going to talk of DJ Moore for his great overall combine, I think you're going to start pe seeing people talk more about Cortland Sutton uh, and how his day translated from an athletic standpoint because of that individual trait right there. He, he For his size, having a three cone like that is just ridiculous. Yeah, that might be the single most impressive thing that any receiver did for me because I think the 6.57, wasn't that, was it the best of the combine? Like one of the better ones in the past few years? I think it I, wouldn't surprise me. It's 98th percentile. So, yeah. it, it's, so yeah, it's, it's got to be real close. There you go. And the thing I had Nick Whalen on the podcast and we discussed um, Cortland Sutton. And one of the things we really loved about him was the fact that he could put his foot in the ground and explode out of it. And then you see that kind of three cone. And that's the kind of thing that at his size makes him a very unique prospect. So one of the guys that everyone was not everyone. Then one of the guys there was a big debate on coming into the week was Calvin Ridley, right? Because his film is very good. His production is I, – I think his production gets knocked too much because of his quarterback. But he was a smaller guy, and he needed a test well. And then he had historically bad jumps, uh, both vertical and broad, right? Am, am I correct right. on that? Yeah, they were both really bad. Uh, his, his broad was under 10th percentile, uh, and his vertical was under 15th percentile. So they're both really, really low. Um I'm not really as concerned about the broad from an overall standpoint for receivers. I don't, I don't find as much correlation between that and, and success as I do some of the other metrics. Um, but it is a little concerning that just from an overall standpoint, he didn't measure out like that good of an athlete. Um, as far as first round receivers go, there aren't a whole lot of first round receivers that have a RAS under five. And the, the list of guys that we've had in the past is not very good. Um, you know, you have Nuck Hopkins who came in with a lower score and obviously he did really well, but the next guy was Kelvin Benjamin, 
who came right out the gate and had all those, you know, the big argument with him when he was as a rookie was that he was getting all that garbage time yardage, right? Everything he was getting was in the third and the fourth quarter when the Panthers were getting blown out. Um, and then he kind of fell off and he ended up getting traded. Uh, and then the last one was Laquan Treadwell. So I, I don't really think I need to explain how that's gone for the Vikings, but yeah. It's pretty amazing <laughs> when you throw out those names, right? Nuke and Benjamin and Treadwell, their whole issues were sp- ability to separate, right? So, right. and then you throw in Calvin Ridley and the, his greatest strength is his ability to separate. So it's kind of insane when you think about his tape and numbers and how they don't really add up. It is. The the one thing he has working for him, though, is as much as we want to break down his, his vert and his broad and how much those damaged him, you know, his shuttle is probably the worst time for him. As, as much as we, people are dogging the, the, as you said, historically bad Burton and Broad, his shuttle was a 4.41, which is not good at all for a wide receiver. Uh, and for a guy that makes his living by by doing that start and stop and by being able to to make people miss, that's not great. Uh, I really want to see if he runs it at his pro day. Uh, Alabama, historically, Alabama players haven't done drills that they did at the combine and then redone them at the pro day. I hope that he does. I hope that he does the the, the shuttle again. I hope that he does better uh, because his three cone was really good. You know, he had a 6.88 three cone, uh, which is almost exactly the same score for Raz, 6.86 um, out of 10. But you know, a really good three cone is, is a good sign. And when you already have that speed, you know, he had a four four three speed. So he's 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 got speed to separate once he once he makes a guy miss. So you, you see those movement skills on tape. And now we have we have athletic measurements that, that are gonna make people question it. You know, you just gotta go back and see if if that's really how he's how he's winning and and if there maybe you maybe you're you need to evaluate where where he's getting his separation and how. Uh, but I feel like he's he's going to be a really interesting player to follow throughout the entire draft process. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm very high on him. His film is fantastic. He's an older player. I think there's there's a lot more questions than we have answers at the end of the combine. And one of the things I want before we jump into tight ends that I want to ask you is you mentioned the pro day, and I I know you take pro day numbers in account too. If someone improves their time at the pro day, how do you adjust uh, the RAS score? You know what I'm trying to I, ask, right? <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't replace them if they're better. Uh, I did run a study on it a couple of years ago to see whether or not that mattered, and it didn't really. Um, of course, there were a couple of players where it significantly helped them. Uh, Joe Hayden, um, Michael Bennett. Are, are two names that come to mind for for guys that had horrible combines and then had great pro days, both for different reasons. But generally, it, it doesn't really matter in the grander scheme of things, and that was that was really what I was trying to go for. And I want to maintain consistency, so I, I keep it as a hierarchy. They they use the combine numbers and then supplement with pro day if they don't have that combine number. Uh, I do maintain a separate set though of uh, pro day numbers that I keep in case questions like this come up. You know, what would have happened if he had ran this? Uh, and in the application itself, um, you can actually download the application and, and look up the stuff on your own. You can change a player's score. So if you wanted to see what his score would be with his pro day information, you would just delete the uh, combine one and then rerun it, and it would show you what their score would be without that. So it's it's easy to do from a from a scoring standpoint once the application is up and running. And then from uh, you know keeping those numbers separately, I I do that. It doesn't show up in the application right now. It will. It just I I didn't get it in there yet. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, listen, the more information, the better, but I, right. it's one of the things I think you've talked about on Twitter before, and it's kind of well known that some of these 40 times, mm-hmm. the time off their 40, and it's because the team is stopping the watch a little bit earlier. Like, there's always very questionable 40 times. It's, it's, it's amazing, but, you know, one school that I don't think they need to adjust their 40 times or anything else is Penn State, man. These guys came in and killed it. So let's talk about tight ends, and I, I think I know who you're going to say killed the combine, but you got any standouts for me? Yeah, well, Mike Gesicki, 
you know, Mike, Mike he pretty much destroyed the combine. Uh, he, he wrecked everybody's numbers. Uh, the card that I sent you actually shows fourth. He's not fourth. He's, he's actually third all time for Raz. Uh, there's a minor calculation issue because I'm running all this data constantly and these scores are relative. So they're, they're sometimes counting it against themselves. Um, so he's actually third all time for Raz with a 9.97. Um, I know his, uh, three Sigma, Zach Whitman and all that information. He came out as the third best tight end ever athletically, um, behind Vernon Davis. And I forget who the other one was. Um, but he, he put on a show and, and the only metric that he didn't measure out fantastic on was, was his weight. He was, he was 247 pounds, which uh, that's fine nowadays. You know, my data goes all the way back to, to 1987. So you have to go back when you had guys that were, you know, almost, you know, 290 running at tight end, but the, the guys now tend to be more lean. So 247 isn't that big of an issue and he'll probably put on a couple of pounds, but I mean, uh, listen to these scores, you know, his, his 40 time was a 9.69 out of 10. His bench was a 7.6 out of 10. And that was his worst actual athletic trait was, was his bench was a 7.6 out of 10. Uh, his vertical was a 41 inch vertical is a nine, 99th percentile. Broad was a 98th percentile. Shuttle 97th percentile. And then cone 98th percentile. That's insane. The amount of athleticism that this guy is showing, you know, his it, it's, I, you can't even, it's hard to put into words. How yeah, much this it really guy put is. Up. It's, it's just absurd. I don't think if you tested me in every single one of these and you added up all my percentiles, I could equal <laughs> any of his. Like, he's just, he, he put on a show. And then I think there's another guy, right? Ian Thomas out of Indiana had a good day as well. Yeah, Ian Thomas is another guy. A lot of people were hyping him up right before the combine. I'd only watched a couple of games of his and I hadn't went back to them to watch him anymore. And now I'm going to have to. Uh, <laughs> uh, he measured with an 8.99 out of 10. And it's probably going to move up once we start getting all the pro day stuff. So he's, he's, he did really well. Uh, he didn't quite measure out like Gasicki. I'm not sure we'll ever see anybody measure out like Gasicki. Um, but he had a great vert, great broad, great shuttle, and then a, a decent cone. And then his speed speed drills were okay. Um, so he measured out. He measured out. And I, I know he had some people that called that coming into the combine. Kind of wish I was one of them. Uh, but uh, he did exactly how everybody did. We didn't have anybody that really did poorly at the combine for tight ends. Um, one guy that I don't think I, I put in the, the document that did did better than expect expectations anyway was uh, Tyler Conklin from uh, – Central Michigan. Uh, he was a guy that a lot of people expected to measure poorly. Uh, he was injured in 2017. Uh, he looked a lot better in 2016 when he was healthy. Uh, but he actually measured out pretty well, too. He didn't quite hit that elite threshold for Raz. I think he was in the sevens, though, which is really good. Uh, so when you have a guy that wasn't expected to do well and then he does really good, that's that's worth, worth mentioning. Well, we're going to hop into offensive linemen here. And I think the average fan struggles most with the trenches, specifically offensive linemen. It's really hard to really understand how good someone is. Mostly you just notice when they do something terrible or they have a pancake block and there's a lot more that goes into it. With the combine, are there any drills that really stand out to you as important for an offensive lineman? You know, it's really tough to to find out what drills you think are going to do the best because it's hard to measure success for an offensive lineman, right? There's, there's only so many things that you can do to say this was a, a successful player. Uh, and the ones that you end up with for, for offensive tackle and offensive line in general is basically just Pro Bowls for me. Um, I tried to use career starts. I tried to use uh, AV from Pro Football Reference. They have their AV that they do. Uh, it's really difficult because of how those things are calculated and how much they actually mean. Because you might have a guy that has you know 50 or 60 career starts, but that doesn't mean he's great. The Lions had Dominic Rayola for like 12 years, and I think he was only good for one or two of those years. Um, the rest of the time, he was he was just not 
very good. Um, so it is really hard to chart which which metrics measure or mean the most from from an athletic standpoint. Uh, one that I do know uh, has historically meant a lot and is mentioned often is is the shuttle time. I think it's four point four four. I want to say for shuttles that they want them to be under so like four four or four point. The, the Moses Malone 4.44, but it's, it's in that range. You want somebody at or below that uh, for the shuttle time, which makes sense. Cause you're, you're talking about somebody who can plant their foot and change direction, you know, plant their foot and then move. You, know, you do that a lot as an offensive lineman. You, you, you do plant yourself a lot and you have to change direction a lot and be able to explode uh, from your stance. Um, but it is one other thing that matters in terms of what type of scheme you run. You know, if you're running a zone blocking scheme versus a man blocking scheme, that requires a different skill set. You know, you're, you're not going to be doing the exact same things, even though you are blocking. Uh, and like you said, the average fan, that's all they really see. They see off offensive linemen grabbing a dude and pushing him forward. Well, sort of, you know, if, if you're in a zone blocking system, it's more about how well you can move laterally than how well you can move forward, even though both in both man blocking and gap blocking, obviously, and then zone schemes, you're doing the same things. You're just doing them differently and for different reasons. And it is, it is, I mean, I'm explaining and I'm sure I'm confusing everybody because it sounds confusing when I'm saying it, but uh, it is one of those things that's really hard to quantify. Um, but the main thing to look for from an individual metric standpoint is the shuttle. Uh, RAS itself has actually done a really good job of correlating to success using the, the different metrics that I have. I'm just I'm just not sold on the success metrics themselves. Um, I think for tackle, it was like 70% of Pro Bowl tackles were over eight for RAS. It wasn't even five, it was over eight. So it, it tends to be one where the elite athletes win on the outside. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think when you watch the combine, there was one guy who absolutely blew away all the athletic testing, and then there's one guy who I don't think if he tried to do worse, could do worse than he did. Can you kind of break down Colton Miller and uh, Orlando Brown for me? Yeah, and, and you put him right in order right there. Colton Miller had a fantastic combine. Uh, every metric that he had except his weight, which doesn't matter for, I mean, it does if it's an extreme. When, when I say it doesn't matter, I mean, it doesn't matter unless it's extreme. You know, if, if a guy has 309 pounds as a, as a tackle, that's not great, but you don't, you're don't you not really caring if he's athletic. If he comes in and he's 250, that's an issue. Um, so just keep that in mind if I say it doesn't matter. I'm just talking about extremes. Uh, but otherwise, he was over 90th percentile on everything but the bench, and he has 34-inch arms, which makes benching hard. Um, people will often hear that, and I, I had to explain that to my dad yesterday. My, my dad watched his first NFL combine ever yesterday and, and got to watch uh, some of those those uh, defensive linemen moving around, and he, he really enjoyed it. He'd never watched it before, but I had to explain pretty much everything to him. But whenever you hear somebody talking about the bench not really mattering that much for guys with long arms, uh, it's just physics. You know, you, you put a lever out, you got a fulcrum. The further away you are from it, the harder it is, the more work, more strain it puts on it. That's why you have guys that have shorter arms. They can bench more because it's just it's just physically easier to do so. Go to your it's, local it's, gym, right? And you see the right? kind of sh the short shorter guy with the short arms, and he's just ripping out a whole bunch. And the guy, the jack dude that's like six five with long arms, is benching it like eight times. And it's yeah. it's literally like you just said, it's physics. So I, I think that's a great point when people tried to point out that Saquon Barkley benched more than Joe Thomas, so he's stronger. It's like let's let's calm down a little bit. Arm arm length is a huge factor in this. But uh, so, sorry to jump in there, but I agree with you 100 <laughs> that the bench we get a little crazy with. Right, and I think he set a record for the broad for the combine. Golden Miller did. He had the best best broad jump of any offensive tackle ever uh, at 10 foot one inch which that would be okay for a wide receiver, but for a 300-pound offensive tackle, that's insane, jumping 10 foot. That's nuts, the amount of burst that it needs to be able to do that. Um, so he put on a, he put on a show. Uh, Orlando Brown, as you mentioned, he also put on a show, and he also set records. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're talking about records. 
Uh, I think he had the worst combine 40 time ever at 5.85. He had the worst vert ever. I think he had the worst broad ever. And then I think he had the worst shuttle ever. So he set, he set records and he got yelled at for loafing. Don't loaf at a job interview. Is that bad? To me, that sounds generally, generally a bad idea. And just, you know, I I know this is the combine's your thing here, but just to throw in on top of that is that he looks sloppy. Like everything about him looked sloppy and, uh, I'm, I'm I forget looking. who I forget who said it, but somebody mentioned like I'm really glad he wore a shirt the whole time. Oh yeah, they were those <laughs> those man boobs were flying everywhere. Those those would have smacked him right in the face. Um, yeah. I was watching the combine Friday morning or Friday afternoon, and I watched the offensive lineman, and then I went out and got a big sub because it made me feel good about myself. And then the <laughs> running back started working out, and then immediately when they stopped, I had to do a serious workout because I was like. Oh, no, the, the running backs are inspiring. The offensive linemen make me feel good about myself, specifically Orlando Brown, because I think I could test similar to a lot of these things. I mean, 14 on the bench. We talked about his long arms, but 19-and-a-half-inch vertical, broad jump of six. Like, th- these these times are terrible. And it, he went from a guy that a lot of people had in his top 10 to my guess is he's not in the first two days of the draft anymore because of these testing times. I would be certain he's definitely not in the first day. Uh, offensive tackles with a RAS below five don't get drafted in the first day. Generally not in the second day. Generally not. Generally not even that much on the third day. Uh, this is huge. This is his athletic profile is undrafted. If we're if we're really being completely honest, this is an undraftable athletic profile. Uh, so what he's going to need to do is come in in his pro day, and I, f- I forget when their actual pro day is, but he's got a very short amount of time to put in a lot of work and and come in and show out his pro day. And I hope that he does everything again. I hope that he does everything again. And I hope that he does well, because we're not talking about somebody that's that's terrible, right? You go look at him on tape, and I know there's there's some people that are critical of his tape, uh, but you're not talking about somebody who's just a complete throwaway prospect. You're talking about somebody that had enough promise that you know he was considered a day one pick for a very long time. So it could be an explainable reason. There are players who've come in and had bad combines that had an explanation. Jarvis Landry had one of the worst combines of all time. Uh, and his was a hamstring injury and, and never measure on a hamstring injury. Uh, you saw a lot of guys bow out of the combine this year because of hamstring injuries. There's a reason for that. Don't measure on a hamstring injury. Uh, it's not generally a serious injury, but it is a lingering one. And it is one that will impact your performance greatly. But uh, there wasn't really any injury news that came out about Orlando Brown at the combine. We don't know if he was hurt. Uh, if he comes out at his, at his pro day and does really well, maybe that's the explanation. He just was hurt. Maybe he was sick. Derek Barnett had a bad combine last year and he wasn't expected to measure all that great. Uh, but Derek Barnett was was deathly ill pretty much the entire time he was at the combine. He was he was constantly under a blanket and, and put and drinking just tons of fluids. You know there are certain bad combines that have explanations for it, and maybe that's what's going on here. But if it isn't, and this is what his athletic traits look like, then this isn't a person that's going to see a whole lot of time on a football field. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think he said that he's the only thing he plans on doing again is the bench. He said he messed up his breathing, and that's why the bench was low. But to me, if I'm his agent, I'm like, dude, you got to just spend the next month in the gym. You're not allowed to leave because right. you you got to try to make it a career of this and right now you just threw away millions of dollars with this performance so one last lineman i want to ask you about is uh will hernandez of utep i mean he's a big nasty guard he was getting comparisons to marshall yonda by steve smith uh richie incognito by mike mayock i mean he's a fun guy when you throw on the tape he'll he'll run right through you he's he's a nasty guy but he seemed like he tested really well as well so this is my dude so (laughs) i i love I love outliers. Good or bad, I love outliers. I mentioned Jarvis Landry, and, and I will use every negative epithet in the world to talk about how bad Jarvis Landry measured. He's, like I said, one of the worst combines ever. Um, but I use those not to, to 
dog on Jarvis Landry, but just to point out how big of an, uh, an outlier that that is, how, how impressive it is that somebody who did that poorly and something that we use to measure this stuff still came out and found success. It's amazing. Now, he is getting a lot of comps to Marshall Yanda, and that's great. That's fantastic. Marshall Yanda was 307 pounds, and Will Hernandez is 327 pounds and measured out very similarly and better in most areas. So, you know, he ran the same 40 as Marshall Yanda did at 20 pounds heavier. He, he benched way more, but again, short arms. Uh, you know, he benched 37 times at the bench. That's incredible. Uh, he had a, vent of, a Verta 24. That was a little bit lower than Yanda's, but he had a better broad. He had an 8.8 eight, eight broad, and uh, Yanda was 8.5. He had a, a good shuttle time, not a great shuttle time, but at his size, his, having any kind of a good athlete, uh, agility measurement is incredible, especially when that was where they thought he was going to be bad. Uh, and then he ran a fantastic cone. He ran a 7.59 uh, cone. That's that's 8.39 out of 10 right there. You know, that's over 80th percentile for a guy that you weren't expecting to even break out. Average. Uh, the highest, the highest RAS that I had for a guy at his size was like a four three or something like that. It was, it was not even average. Uh, and Hernandez more than doubled that. He ended up in the elite range for a player at his position at a size that never produces elite athletes, and that's nuts. So Will Hernandez had a fantastic day. He's, he's it's going to be one of my favorite combines for a long time. He's one of those guys that you throw on the film, you love him. You now you have the combine test and you love him. I'm guessing when you interview him and you get that nastiness, you love him. I, I just think he's gonna he's gonna make some NFL team really happy. Ken, I want to thank you for breaking down all the offensive guys for us. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, I'm always available on Twitter at MathBomb. Uh, I'm I'm one of those guys that likes to engage people, so go ahead and ask me questions. I'll try to answer them as best as I can. Um, that's the easiest place to get a hold of me. You can also find me on uh, Facebook to the same. Guys, I highly recommend following Ken. You can follow him on Twitter again at MathBomb. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. I'm your host as always at the Draft Daily Podcast. Send us a like, review, or share of the podcast. Every single one helps, guys. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. As always, guys, we really appreciate listening. Thank you.